from Passover, Easter Sunday, resurrection, there are seven weeks plus one day, and uh, that leads to that comes to 50 days where we get the word penta, where we get our word Pentecost. This is why in the book of Acts, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, the thing I want you to understand is that Pentecost, which is coming up in about three weeks, this is an incredible appointed day, an incredible appointed day before the Lord. This is not any other day. This is one of the three main days of the year. On the day of Pentecost, in Hebrew, it's called Shavuot. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Israel came out of Egypt, after they were set free, 50 days later, God gave the world the Bible. God gave us what's called the Torah, the Word of God. On that same day, in Jesus' time, 50 days after Jesus died and set us free from Egypt, us free from sin, he gave us the Holy Spirit, which is the wisdom of God to lead us and teach us and instruct us and show us things to come. Now, why did God wait 50 days to give Israel the Bible? Because in Judaism, there are, there are 50 levels in which you can sink and there are 50 levels in which you can grow. When Israel came out of Egypt, they had been slaves for 210 years, 400 years in Egypt, and so they were acting like the Egyptians. What would, what, how would you say that in our day and age? They were acting like the world. And so God could not give them the word of God. God could not give the revelation of God to people who were acting like the world So he gave them 49 days to grow, to be more like God, to go from an animal to a human being. And on the 50th day, God gave Pentecost, God gave the Holy Spirit, God gave the Torah so we could have the mind of God. Now here's what we're to ask ourselves during this 50 days. How long ago did you get saved? A year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. How much have you grown to be more Christ-like in the year or the 10 years or the fifth years? Ask yourself this. A year ago, have I changed and began to be more obedient to the things of God in the last year? If you have that and 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 we continue to grow that will determine this this first fruits offering will release to you prosperity amen in 3 weeks god is going to for the most part determine how much prosperity comes into your life this next year in 3 weeks now, and we'll, we'll, we talked about this last Sunday. We all know that in three weeks, we bring that second first fruit offering. Correct? Anytime you give to God, God will bless that offering. Anytime. But why does the Bible say God will bless some 30, some 60, some 100 fold? If God is no respecter of persons, why would he bless some 30 fold? 
some 60-fold and some 100-fold. It, it, it is determined by not the size of our gift, but by the obedience we have to the things of God. Now let, me, let, let that sink in. We are in the time in which God wants to open the windows of heaven. We're in the time that God literally, we're, we're the last church. I am a thousand percent convinced we're going to see the coming of the Messiah. So that means there are people here, and, and we're going to go beyond, there's going to be gifts of the Spirit, signs and wonders and miracles, but part of that is an end-time transfer of wealth. Poor people will become rich people. Borrowers will become lenders. The tail will become the head. Do you want to become the one who is the lender and not the borrower? This is determined by obedience to the gift God tells you to give. Now, a lot of people always uh, ask me, how much should I give on this? Nobody can tell you how much to give. But on this one, there is one hint that says two, two tenths or two loaves. And so a, a lot of the rabbis will teach that the minimum we give is twice what we give on a normal week. Minimum of what we give. But that has to be up to you. So one is obedience to what God tells us to give. The other is obedience to the Word of God. Now read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now I want you to look at this. If you obey the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Now remember in Malachi when God says, return unto me and I'll return unto you, and he says, all the nations will call you blessed. Okay, this is connected to that. The nations can be as big as the economic community of the world. The nations can be as big as your family. All of a sudden, how would it affect your family if all of a sudden your income doubled? No, seriously. How would that affect your family? Your family's not doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this, and all of a sudden your, 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 your income every week doubles or triples. Your debts are paid off, you got a nice car, you're buying a nice house. How would that affect your family? It would be a witness, wouldn't it? Okay, your family goes, and and I know I say this a lot, but this is why this is so true. Is God omnipotent? Does he know everything? So God knew, God knew what was going to happen in Wall Street before it ever happened. Isn't that right? I am a thousand percent convinced this, what's happening in the world economically is absolutely connected to the timing of God when everybody's concerned about finances, God wants to bless the children of God financially. If you were blessed a year ago, you know, people would notice, but they wouldn't notice that much. But if you get blessed now, 
when everybody, if you start going up when everybody else is going down, they're all, whether, you're, whether it's your family or the banking system, they're going to want to know what it is you're doing. Does that make sense? Okay, so look at what it says here. Now, now, not next year, now. It shall, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Everybody say, now, shall, if. Right now, God says, my word will not come back void. Now it's our part, if. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all, all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. And we know this. And, and, and it goes on and on. And God says, I will run you down with my blessing. Now shall if all the blessings. So here's what we're to look at from Resurrection Sunday where we celebrate every year Jesus dying for our sins to Pentecost where God will refill you. In this appointed time, God will, on the day of Pentecost, he shall, if we obey, refill you and give you wisdom that you've never heard before but if your life if my life isn't changing if i'm if i'm the same christian i was a year ago then i'm just going to get the same wisdom i had a year ago but if i'm willing to grow and check myself and 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 obey the lord in what he's saying then this year will be the best year of your life so far now, this is not just Christian teaching. This is ancient Judaic wisdom. That during this time of 40 days, we can climb, we can either, if, if we had a ladder from here to the balcony and it had 49 steps, we can determine how many steps we, we will climb. But here's what Rabbi Schneerson teaches on this. Even if you t- only take one step, you're higher this year than you were last year. It's not, I can't climb all 49. Just take one. All you got to do is take one step. Listen to me. You can climb this mountain. Just decide tonight to take one step. Just decide to obey God one step diff more than you did a year ago. One step. And of course, the Talmud teaches that if you obey God in one mitzvah, it'll lead to a revelation that'll go, oh, this is good, and you'll do another one. Okay? Now, what throws people here in Deuteronomy 28, you hear, I've heard Deuteronomy 28 for 20 years, and I've taught it for 20 years in the faith movement, and all the blessings shall come upon you. (laughs) 
Amen. Overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall be in the country. Blessed shall the fruit of your body. Blessed shall you be your basket. Blessed shall you come in. Blessed shall you go out. Oh, man, that's a faith thing. But we, we can't have the, the blessed in verse 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 unless we read verse 1. What throws us is we've heard a blessing you're coming, a blessing you're going, a blessing this, a blessing that. But what throws us as Christians is where it says then it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments. How many believe you ought to tithe? Okay, you're not saved because you tithe. You can rob God and still be saved. You just can't rob God and be blessed. Do you understand? So, so it's not a curse of the law if we teach you a tenth is the Lord's and offerings besides. But it is a curse of the law if we say if you don't tithe, you're not saved. Because we've added man to what God is saying. Okay? So what throws us is, is we say, well, we're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. And that's absolutely true. There is nothing you and I can do to be saved except ask Jesus Christ into our heart and receive him as Lord and Savior. Correct? Correct? But now that you're saved, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now listen to me, because you you won't hear this preached very often. Jesus said, salvation is is of say it out loud the jews salvation is of the jews what did he mean by that well we think when we say salvation we think it means we limit it to forgiveness of sin and and salvation includes without a shadow of a doubt the main thing forgiveness of sin but the word salvation is the word sozo which means forgiveness, prosperity, happiness, victory, health, long life. And so when Jesus said salvation is of the Jews, he's going beyond forgiveness of sin. And he says, if you who have now been grafted in, if you want to add to your forgiveness, prosperity and joy and victory and happiness and health, you need to go to the Jews to find out what the Torah, what the Word of God really says. Are you with me? Okay. So we, we read in here, I'll bless you in your coming, I'll bless you in your going, I'll bless you in this, I'll bless you in that. But we, 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 we stumble, and, and, and Christian, as pastors, we have a hard time getting around. It, all these blessings shall come upon you and, and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Well, if we're going to read Deuteronomy 28, we got to read Deuteronomy 27 and Deuteronomy 26. You know, a lot of Christians teach, and, and I did, we teach the Bible like a smorgasbord. How many have been to a smorgasbord? Very seldom do you see people fill their plates with lima beans or green. They'll be there. You go up and the guy says, you want some roast beef? Oh, yeah, give me, a, give me something with a lot of fat on it. 
You want some chicken? Oh, yeah, fried chicken. I, want, I, I like that dark meat. You want, you want mashed potatoes? Oh, gravy. Cream gravy, brown gravy, all the gravy. You want, you want broccoli? No, no, not under the curse. And so rabbi teaches, or the Talmud teaches, there are 613 commandments. 613 commandments. That throws us immediately, right? 613. I I just got by with, I just passed, thou shalt not smoke reefer. And some of you slip on that once in a while. No, nobody in here. Now listen what I'm saying to you. There are 613 commandments that lead to this blessing. 613. But most of them are gone. Most of them don't apply to us. How many want to be blessed in your coming and blessed in your going? Okay, then we need to obey the commandments of the Lord. Right? But most of the 613 commandments are gone. They're done. There is no temple. There are no agricultural laws. There are no... There, uh, sacrifice laws. Most of you don't, I, I doubt tonight, s- slaughtered your own sheep today. So get rid of the 613 number and realize most of them are gone. If you got to the ultra, 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 ultra orthodox, narrow minded, there may be a hundred of the laws. If you could uh, stretch it to the, the, to the thinnest understanding of the word of god there may be a hundred but what they'll teach you now hear what i'm saying if you keep 24 of the laws you would be considered today as an orthodox jew because there's really only about 24 laws that apply to your life 24 how many know that's better than 613 Okay, now, now hear what I'm saying. God is, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro, looking for somebody he can be strong. And so from the time we celebrate resurrection of Jesus to the time, now listen to me. Let me, let me, let me make this because this next first fruit is economic. It's a prosperity offering. So are you willing to grow? Now there's not 613 steps. There's really... Only 24 you need to worry about. Now, 24 seems like a lot. But if you're a Christian, if you're a, if you're a real Christian, you're already doing 10 of them. Thou shalt not worship any other God. Now, some of you need to get... The Jesus with the bleeding heart out of your house. Some of you need to get the Marys out of your house. Because if you're going to get the number 24, you got to start with number one. No other God. And no graven images. No mother of God. No crucifixes. We do not serve a dead Jesus. We serve a resurrected Jesus. 
Now, you, you wouldn't think in Christianity, you know, I'm a Christian. A lot of, a lot of Christians, I dare say most Christians in the world haven't gone step number one. No other God. No graven images. Thou shalt not steal. That everything God does has twofold. Physical, spiritual. We don't steal from people. And we don't steal from... Why aren't I, why aren't I seeing the blessing? We got to make sure that we're climbing the stairs. So let's, let's, let's say... Let's say we've got all 10 of the commandments. Can I tell you one commandment of the 10 that almost every Christian is missing? Matter of fact, I dare say that you're probably the very few in all of, in all of America that's obeying it. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is, this is one of the reasons, the main reason that God began to deal with me to take our Wednesday. There's, there's no scripture in the Bible that says, remember Wednesday. There is none. Amen? But there is a scripture that says over and over and over and over and over again, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. There is a blessing that comes on the Sabbath there are people that will miss the window of the second first fruit because they didn't know. There are people, most of Christianity is missing the Sabbath window of blessing because nobody's ever told them. This is one of the reasons why there is going to be a tremendous blessing on, on you and on us is because, because as a leader, I decided to come out of the box and say, you know what? Everybody's been doing a Wednesday service for 150 years. How's that been working for you? Why don't we obey the Word of God and instead of doing what's traditional, let's remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Let's say you and I here, we, we're doing all ten. No, no idols not stealing, not fornicating, not, not doing any of that stuff. We're doing all 10. We got all 10. Well, then we only got 14 more to go. But let's say you're not going to do 14. Let's get you to do one more. Now, remember, when you do one, it always leads to the next. You, you do one more, and you see the blessing of God, and you go, man, God, give me something else. And that'll lead to the next. This is how it works. Okay, the weight of darkness, the devil's side, is, is got all the weight. What God teaches us in the Talmud, in the Torah, is every time one of you, one of us, does one more, obeys God in one more way, it starts tipping the scale. And so every time... You do something that God wants you to do. He is going to bless you so you'll do more. And eventually when we tip the scale enough, the Messiah will have more light. There'll be more light than darkness and the Messiah will come. 
So this is the reason between Easter and Passover that we are to really check ourselves at this time of the year and say, okay, God, I, I, I'm, I'm not worshiping any other God. I'm not, I don't have any idols. I'm not stealing from man or from God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sleeping with anybody I'm not married to. Even if you're dating. Okay, so we got that. How about if God gave us one more? God gave us one more. Okay. The Bible says we're to take the word of God and we're to write it on the doorpost of our house. The same God that says, take my word, in Hebrew it's called the mezuzah. The same God that says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house is the same God that said, if there's any sick, let him call for the elders and anoint him with oil. Same God. Say, well, yeah, but nobody taught us this. They taught us anointing with oil. Yeah, but they didn't teach anointing to oil until Oral started teaching it back in the 50s. When Oral started teaching, everybody thought he was crazy. Now everybody prays for the sick. Praying for the sick is just as supernatural as taking the word of God and putting it on the doorpost of your house. Say, how do we, if you have one on your house, on the front door, take a step and put one on the back door. If you have one on the front door, one on the back door, take another step and put one on your bedroom door. To obey God brings supernatural blessing. Let me, let me give an, an example. And I didn't get near where I wanted to go tonight. To obey God, even though, and, and, and you know, people say, well, this is, Pastor, you're teaching new stuff. This is not new. This stuff is 4,000 years old. When you go into my house, you'll see, you see mezuzahs all in every room. You, going in the kitchen, going in the dining room, going in the front door, going in the side door, going in the back door, right? You've seen them. When Tiz and I moved into that house a year or so ago, we had all our mezuzahs, but we ran out. We put them in all the public places where the family goes and where our guests come and everything because God says when you put the mezzas on your door, it will remind you that you're blessed when you come in and you're blessed when you go out. But also, it, when you put a mezuzah on your door, it is a signpost to the enemy that he is not allowed to cross this territory. Say, well, that sounds like, that sounds supernatural. It's no more supernatural. It's no more supernatural than God says, lift up your hands for I inhabit the praises of my people. It's no more supernatural or less supernatural than put a guard on your mouth. There is life and death in the power of your tongue. Are, are you in agreement? Okay, so when we did this in our house, we put all our mezuzahs up. And I have, for the most part, Tiz and I have, there's a, there's a place in Jerusalem that we get our mezuzahs. And there is a, 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 an Orthodox rabbi who writes our mezuzahs for us. He is an acknowledged or was an acknowledged scribe and uh, world famous. He, he, in, for Israel, he takes care of all the Torahs that made it through the Holocaust. And uh, he's, uh, he's become a friend of ours. And he personally does my, my mezuzah, the script inside of my, my mezuzah. 
So when we went in the house, we put up all our mezuzahs, but we, and we put them in, we had more, more rooms, uh, and we put them up where all the people coming in and the family could be blessed. We ran out for my bedroom and, to, uh, and, and Katie's bedroom. We ran out. And so we're always meaning to put them up in in my bedroom, in Katie's bedroom, um, but because I want to get them from Israel and from this one place, and they're very special, and from the, this rabbi passed away, and so uh, he does, I, I got to find a new scribe. We never did it. Since I've come to Dallas, I have been extremely tired. Now, can I have five more minutes? Every room that you walk in has a different function for you and your family. When you, when you come through your front door, your back door, you're leaving the world domain and you're walking into domain that the enemy is, is, is not allowed to come into. <clears throat> when you're in your kitchen, it's a different domain than when you're in your family room. When your family room, it's a different domain or a spirit or an anointing than when you're in your office. When you go out of your family room, which is to be with your family and to entertain, and you walk into your office, your office is to get business ideas and creative ideas and, and, and financial ideas, or in my case, spiritual ideas. Are you following? When you go into your bedroom, your bedroom is a place for your marriage. Your bedroom is your place for your sleep. Bedroom is a place for your rest. Bedroom is a place that when you sleep, God regenerizes your body. And since I've been in Dallas, I have been extremely tired. And the reason is I'm never in a deep sleep. I'm dreaming all the time. I mean all the time. And I'm not, 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 not necessarily uh, uh, visions from God. I'm just dreaming about things. Well, the last few weeks, last month, nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. I'd get up and I'm just, just exhausted. Nightmares. Well, how many know that God says, I give my beloved sleep? Well, God knew that I was about, we were about to go into these 49 days. God knew... And the enemy, to a certain degree, that God was going to release me to take you into some deeper things in the Torah. And so God, God knowing that, and the enemy knowing that degree, the enemy's attacking me. I've been, I get up every morning, I'm saying, I'm just nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. And how many know if you're having nightmares, or you're worried about something, or you're fearful about something, if the devil can steal your sleep, it affects the spirit of your mind. Are you all okay with this? Now, I know what people are going to say. Oh, Pastor Huxley, doing this and that. It is no different than laying hands on the sick. It's no different than rejoicing in the Lord. It's biblical. It's just end-time revelation. So I told Tiz, I said, We're, I'm going to get another message. I'm going to put it up on the bedroom. And so I was looking in the drawer for some of our, you know, our older mezuzahs. And I look in there, and lo and behold, there's an envelope with 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 some of the Torah sheets that the rabbi gave me and I I didn't know they were in there they got put in there and I didn't see them so we got the mezuzah out and we wrapped I I I rolled the uh 
the uh, Torah portion and I said the blessing and we put it on our bedroom and on Katie's bedroom, I have not had one nightmare or one dream since we did it. Not one. I got up the next morning. I got up the next morning and Tis said, how'd you sleep? And I said, man, not, not one worry, not, didn't worry about anything, didn't lay there and just dream and waste my sleep about n- nonsense. Not one, I haven't, had, I haven't had one that I can remember, one dream that, that since I did that. Well, you say, well, how can that be? If you obey my word. What's the word right before this? Take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house. It is a sign in your bedroom. It is a sign to the enemy. You cannot steal this sleep. You cannot steal this health. You cannot bring fear in there. Let let me ask you, have you ever laid in bed and worried? Worried about your money or worried about your kids or worried about that? If you're going to have dreams and visions, they're going to be dreams and visions that come from God, not from the enemy. And all we have to do is obey the Lord in all these things. Can I have an amen? Amen. How many believe it's not legalistic to not have idols in your house? It's not legalistic to pay your tithes. It's not legalistic to, to not gossip. It's not legalistic to clap your hands and worship God and rejoice in the Lord. It's not legalistic to obey the Lord and put these on the doorpost of your house. There are 10 things that the rabbi says to do. One of those is put the mezuzahs. The other one, he says, is take books of people that are are teaching you something and put them all over your house. If you want generational curses broke, maybe we ought to take books that somebody wrote on breaking family curses now watch this what is taught in the Talmud is wherever you play now this sounds bizarre can I have a few minutes it's time for us to go to to another level what the rabbis teach is place books all through your house and what spirit is in that book even if you don't read them now we encourage you to read them because the bible says study but even if you don't read them the spirit or the anointing of that book will permeate your house and everybody that walks in it now i I know what i know what the religion the old wineskins are thinking right now oh that that's the pastor you're out there too far let me ask you something. Would you allow a Playboy in, on your coffee table? I mean, you're not reading it. You're not reading it? How, how, about, how about a book on witchcraft? Somebody gives you a book of witchcraft, you go, you know, I'm not going to read that. I, I just put it there. I'm not going to read it. I just put it there. It won't, won't bother. What are you going to do with that book of witchcraft? Get it out of your house. Why? Because there is spiritual connections to things huh does this make sense okay see see we 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 emphasize we know about it's like when i say if i prayed for you and and you got healed who healed you everybody goes jesus did 
And I'd say, if I ripped you off, who ripped you off? You did. No, we're, we're smart enough to give God the glory, but we're not smart enough to give the devil the blame. Okay? You want generational curses broke off your family? Get a few of the books on breaking generational curses and put them out in your house. It's taught that there is an anointing through the association with the author who wrote those books. It's just like we're not going to have, I'm not going to have something demonic in there or something uh, stupid in there or something bad. I'm not going to have that in my house because we know there's an, there's anointing of evil. Just as there's an anointing of evil, there is an anointing of good. Amen. If there's an anointing of good, does that make sense to you? Okay. If there's, so you need to get good books. You need to get books that we, we recommend, read them. But even if you don't read them, put them around your house. You want, you want to break the generation curse off your kids? Put, see, it, it, it sounds strange to us, doesn't it? Because we're not taught, we, we, would, we would, if our kids had a book of, of witchcraft in the room, we'd make them get it out. Well, Why? Well, because there's a spirit on there. If there's a spirit of bad on a bad book, there's a spirit of good on a good book. True? True? Okay, if there's... Is it true or not? Okay, if it's true that there's a spirit of of a good book in your house, how much more would it be true there's a spirit of God if God says, take my word and put it on the doorpost of your house, how much more is that true? I need a better Sabbath amen on this. You don't go on vacation and bring home a Buddha. Right? Why? It's just a little fat guy. Do you do that? Can I tell you one more story to, to tell you about the anointing of good? You know, if there's a north, there's a south. If there's an east, there's a west. If there's a positive, there's a negative. If there's a bad, there's a good. A friend of mine was pastoring on, and see, w- w- I think maybe the, one of the reasons why it's easy for me to understand this when I read in the Word of God is because I wasn't raised religious. But I had a friend of mine that was pastoring on the, on the uh, Navajo Reservation in Chinle. And his wife, his wife, he's a white guy, but his wife was Apache, good friends of ours, been friends of ours for years and years and years. And one, one time, his wife, this was years ago, his wife got deathly ill, deathly ill. Doctors couldn't find anything. I mean, she's just withering away to nothing in bed, just months. And they couldn't find it, but she's dying. Just body's going. And so they're pastoring in Chin Lee, which is on the Navajo Reservation, and but in it, it, the, if the Navajo Reservation is it's huge, it's as big as this top of this Ted Cobb box. The Hopi Reservation is about the size of a half dollar in the middle of the Navajo Reservation. A friend of ours, who's a pastor in the Hopi Reservation, comes by to see this friend of mine, and and is sitting in his room with him. He said, "I heard about your wife," and he said, "We're believing God. We know the Lord's going to heal her." And he's sitting there talking. And all of a sudden, he looks up on on Glenn's shelf. And Glenn's got all these Indian things, pottery and stuff. And he says, where'd you get that pot? He said, well, which one? He had all kinds of stuff that they found in digs and stuff. 
He goes, that one right there. And he pulled off. He said, where'd you get this? And he goes, oh, you know, somebody gave this to me as a gift a few months ago. I found it on my front porch. He said, that's a Hopi medicine man pot. He said, brother, that's witchcraft. They took it out on, on his driveway and smashed it with a hammer. The moment that hammer hit that pot, his wife sat up in bed and her health was restored. Do you believe that? Just as true as that can happen in the negative by disobeying the word of God, the positive will happen by obeying the word of God. 